the Agile brand. Welcome to the B2B Agility Podcast, where we look at the factors that drive success in B2B marketing, with a focus on the people, processes, data, and platforms that make B2B brands stand out and thrive in a competitive marketplace. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advising Fortune 1000 brands on MarTech, marketing operations, and CX, best-selling author and speaker. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that my latest book, Priority is Action, Seven Principles for Better Strategies, Decisions, and Outcomes is now available. In it, I give ideas and insights for leaders and teams that need to make meaningful progress on their priorities. After all, our priorities are what we do, not what we say we'd like to do. You can find Priority is Action on Amazon or learn more on my website, gregkillstrom.com. Now let's get on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about using personalization to create more engaging and inspiring stories for B2B brands. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Tiffany Grinstead, Vice President, Personal Lines Marketing at Nationwide Insurance. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, Why don't we get started with you giving a little background on yourself as well as what you're currently doing in your your role at uh, Nationwide Insurance? Absolutely. Well, you know, I have had the opportunity uh, to work across a a vast array of financial services and insurance pieces of of our industry, retirement plans, annuities, life insurance, and then across uh, many of the different kinds of insurance that exists uh, in the property casualty space. And today I lead our, our personal lines insurance marketing for Nationwide, and I focus uh, on working with independent agency partners, which is, you know, where fairly substantial amount of our business comes from to help them uh, reach customers with auto and homeowners, power sports, different kinds of insurance solutions. And then we also have a a direct-to-consumer operation as well for personal lines that we work through. Great, great. Well, yeah, let's let's dive in here and, and let's get started by talking about meaningful personalization in a B2B marketing environment. So first, I think it would help for you to maybe describe some of the types of marketing that you and your team do. I know you briefly touched on it, but you know, if you could go into a little more detail and you know, how does greater personalization benefit? Absolutely. You know, when you think about, you know, we we are driving sort of the whole marketing experience through the funnel where we work uh, with our independent insurance agencies and, and the entities, you know, brokers and, and large partnerships that they work within you know, to get shelf space for our products within those agencies to work with the folks who sell those products and make decisions about individual customers and what they'll receive to help them select the right product. We work on segmentation. We work on um, strategy and messaging. We work really closely around the, the products that we bring to market in the future from a solutions development perspective, looking at customer insights and research. And we really uh, work in this space of really understanding what data is telling us about where a given person, be they uh, an intermediary, an insurance agent, let's say, or a producer or a customer service rep within one of those insurance agencies, or be they a consumer who's choosing to speak and buy through an insurance agency, or be they a consumer who's maybe doing their research online or wanting, wanting to talk to an insurance company more directly, 
we look across the whole journey and we look for those moments that matter that data gives us because really like the key to personalization in both B2B and B2C is, is it the right message at the right moment to get the right action? And in order to understand that, you have to understand the many different iterations that a customer journey can take. You have to understand the data in terms of which of those are the most important and how can you both personalize the message, but also the medium and the moment so that that person is ready to take an action, be that uh, a customer service representative within an agency getting information that they need at the right moment to help them understand why they should be writing or retaining a product with you, or be that a consumer in a key moment of research, finding exactly what they need to tell them why Nationwide is going to meet their needs. So personalization is just a tool to get that right call to action into that right moment where it's the most likely to work. Yeah. I mean, I, I love how you describe uh, you know, both what personalization is as well as, you know, what, what you just said as far as putting it in context is that, you know, it needs to serve the right goals and the right outcomes as well as, you know, you mentioned there's several things. I mean, definitely personalization takes great data. It takes coordination. It takes, um, you know, it takes a lot of pieces as, as you just described. Where do teams often run into roadblocks when trying to, you know, coordinate all of these, all of these pieces, all, all of these things? I mean, I think the first roadblocks often come in the data space. Everyone has data. The question is, can you get to your data? Can you pull your data together so that it shows you insights? Can you do something with those insights? Is your data able to be taken out of legacy systems in a you know, correct way that's both legal and makes sense, doable, and all of those kind of pieces and parts? And and understanding, you know, the different kinds of data. So we we know there's first party data. We we've had an industry that's built on a lot of, you know, second party data, a lot of, you know, using data from other sources externally, which is great. A lot of the marketing industry is built on that. And yet, you know, we know there's there's still that cookie-less future looming. Yeah. That may make that more difficult. So folks are are leaning more into zero party data and you know how do i get people to not only give me data but give me permission to use that data in ways that to them make their lives better so that's really you know the heart of it right so data is the first obstacle and and it's not a small one depending on you know for large organizations it can be hard to get all of the pieces connected together in the right way and for small organizations it can be cost prohibitive to tap into it at all so you know there's different challenges that come with data throughout every piece of that process. And then once you sort of can can understand the data, contextualizing it within the customer journey is the next obstacle for a lot of folks. I think it's a step that often gets skipped. It's not enough to just kind of understand the data point, but the data point has to be in the context of how, how are the various ways that people come through um, let's say a buying process or a retention process or a, a rebuying process with you. And what are those sort of key moments and how does that connect with what the data is telling you? Yeah. And uh, along those lines, then, you know, there's to, to your point, there's, there's no shortage of data in, in any, in any organization, but particularly large ones. And, but, you know, totally agree the the 
with the the order of priority and and just how difficult it can sometimes be to to get that. But you know, assuming that you know an organization has solved some of, at least some of those data challenges and and understands the the customer journey, there's also a lot of decisions that need to get made about you know what do you personalize how do you personalize it when you know how much is too much perhaps even you know so how, what have you seen or you know what is your thinking regarding you know when how why do you personalize content and maybe even you know when when do you not do that you know i think too it when you sort of go into that answer the answers are different in b2b and b2c So if you think about B2C, often the content is deeply personal that we're trying to sort of tap into. And so you have to sort of weigh the questions of, does this improve the customer's life in some way? Does does the cost of them noticing that I've personalized this make their, is it make their life easier or does it creep them out? Right. So you're, you're constantly weighing those touch points and you're optimizing that you're hopefully doing test and learns. You're hopefully getting uh, you know, your, your segmentation has hopefully told you a lot about the people that you're trying to target so that when you start to get one-to-one within that segmentation, you have a lot of insights about what they will or won't be comfortable with. Yeah. On, on the B2B side, you have sort of two forces at work. One, you know, the thing I think we often miss, which is that B2B buyers are human beings. So, you know, <laughs> crazy. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> There are personalization opportunities there that I sometimes think are are missed because yeah. we sort of fail to see that. You know, what are these people's interests? What do they care about? What are they passionate about? And you do have to walk a line with that where you don't want to, you know, sort of seem like you're you're knowing too much about someone at work, but you do want to humanize them. Yeah. And and then there's, you know, all the things that B2B buyers do within the process. And so where you can really lean into personalization is one, where are you making it easier for them? Because if I can make your work day easier, that's pretty universally a good thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Nobody goes to work and thinks I'd like to have a lot of complicated processes to deal with today. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, that's a great filter. And and then as you look at sort of your buying points, you know, this is where in the B2B space, it's really important for sales and marketing to be two sides of the same coin. So what I personalize should also help an organization figure out where it's more expensive distribution and sales resources can spend their time to be the most effective so that the the personalized marketing touch points can be there when they're not to carry forward the relationship and then identify critical moments where that human B2B buyer really would benefit in getting them to the call to action from that right conversation at the right moment. And I think it's that integrated optimization that often gets missed. Yeah, completely agree. And I, I I like how you characterize, you know, I think it is, it's a, it's a relatively straightforward idea, but I think B2B marketers, sometimes forget that, you know, we're all, we're all B2C consumers and, you know, when, when we clock out, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's an important thing to, to understand. Um, and one, one more thing along this, this track of, of talking about personalization here, you know, one, one of the challenges that certainly I've run into, you know, I, I work with enterprise customers and a lot and, 
you know, personalization is certainly top of mind, but often there becomes uh, bandwidth, resource, you know, you name it, issues as far from a scaling perspective. So, you know, if you solve the data challenges, if you solve some of the some of the other challenges we already discussed, then it comes down to, okay, well, who's who's writing all these variations for all these different segments or, you know, how however things are split up. And then, you know, we've got multivariate testing, we've got all of these other things. So, you know, the, the work kind of compounds. How do you look at personalization in terms of maybe a, a cost benefit of scaling due to personalization versus maybe holding back, you know, how do you, how do you see that as well as, you know, where, where do you see um, automation AI and, and some of these other things com- coming to play there as well? Yeah. You know, I think about it as for the longest time marketing meant you sort of sat down, you understood the problem, you, 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 you want to drive sort of through the funnel, right? These yeah. folks you are going to have a campaign. It's going to be focused on, awareness, consideration, you know, trial purchase, right? The campaign's going to have different tactics that live in different parts of the funnel, um, especially in the B2C space, in the B2B space. Maybe you're going to, you know, really drive campaigns uh, at the top two steps of the funnel or the top three and then count on sales to kind of take people along the line to purchase depending on the B2B product you're selling, and, and you're going to kind of rinse and repeat, right? You're going to create these campaigns. You're going to test and learn, and you're going to create a new campaign, <laughs> test yeah, and learn that right. one. And I, I think what's different to me is you think about what personalization can do when you pair it with the right technology platform and automation and just some of the amazing, almost magical things that technology can do for you today. And, you know, AI is a piece of that, but there's a number of other things, you know, from robotics to other technology solutions that are available within platforms that can help you, right? You create always on programs that live at different parts of your journey, and you create them, and then, you know, you use the technology to create the the variations, and you're always running multivariate testing. You're always testing them. You're always optimizing them. You're always learning something from what that data is telling you, which might tell you sort of the next thing that you need to create that's always on. And pretty soon you're, you're running a system of marketing where you're it's always running. Right. <laughs> you're you're adding and subtracting because you're always testing, but it's just a completely different mindset for how you think about the marketing so yeah. that it's not, you know, I ran 12 campaigns this year and each campaign individually had X result, but it's this is my system of always on uh, marketing that's personalized where it needs to be personalized and and you know, you have to ask yourself you personalization can take a lot of different facets, right? It can be just as simple as knowing the right moment to talk to you about a certain thing in the B2B buying journey. It can be that your data tells you that if at this particular moment, this buyer receives this particular message in this particular manner, they're going to be two times more likely to close, right? That's a real simple, it doesn't feel personalized, but in B2B it really is because it's coming out of that data, right? Or it can be, you know, layered into deeper levels of personalization. Is it role-based personalization? Do I know you're a customer service rep? Is it geographically customized? Do I understand, let's say, an insurance that you're in a certain part of the country where 
it's very wildfire prone. So right. simply showing you the right wildfire messages at the right time for you to be able to take the appropriate action to keep your home safe or to have your clients keep their home safe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or it can be very personal and simple things like your name, right. Or more complex things like a, a clear understanding of what you look at that, that you're extremely interested in a topic and that we understand that from the time you spend on our website. And so we're going to serve you up the next level of content is it that we know that you completed a training and that we know that 50% of people who complete that particular training, if served up another set of messages are more likely to sell our product to the next person that walks through their door. You know, so personalization in the B2B space doesn't always have to feel the same way that it feels in the B2C space in terms of that me as a person, but it can. Yeah. If you're like me, it's hard to keep up with all the trends, fads, and critical concepts that marketing and CX leaders need to know about. To help, I've partnered with some of the world's most notable thought leaders to create the Agile Brand Guides book series. These are short reads, three hours or less, on important topics like generative AI, customer data platforms, MarTech infrastructure evaluation, customer journey orchestration, Agile marketing, and more. They're available in print, digital, and audio formats and quickly get you up to speed on critical topics for marketing and CX leaders and aspiring leaders to understand. Search for Agile Brand Guides on Amazon or go to the Agile Brand Guide website at www.agilebrandguide.com. That's agilebrandguide.com for more. Before we get back to the show, I just wanted to remind you to hit the follow or subscribe button on your app to make sure you get notified when new episodes of the show are available. Now let's get back to the show. I want to talk a little bit about uh, we're gonna we're gonna get back to the data the data part of the conversation too, but also wanted to bring in you know this this idea of marketing and and sales integration in in B two B and you know I gotta say I'm going through this right now with a, a client that I'm working with of it is almost the stereotypical challenge of uh, you know marketing is trying to do their their marketing work and relying on a sales team to input the right info into the CRM. And, you know, sure enough, there's some information missing. There's some some challenges there with just, you know, sales, the sales team kind of putting the right priority on making sure the right data is in the right place at the right time, so on and so forth, and, and marketing kind of relying on that, on that good data. Cause, you know, as as we talked about earlier, obviously the better the data, the better we can personalize and, and market just in general. So, you know, how have you, how do you approach this? You know, how do you know, knowing that, you know, no situation is ever going to be perfect and lots of people have lots of competing priorities. So it's, it's not even lack of good intention, but still, you know, how do how have you worked successfully with sales teams to kind of have, get, get enough of the information you need to, to really accomplish some of the things we already discussed? I think that when, a sales team feels like their marketing team is with them day to day. Yeah. There's a greater level of partnership. And, and what that means is the marketing is deeply embedded in having the same goals that the sales team has. So you're not running your own plays. Yeah. It, it means spending the time to test and learn and pilot and prove out that 
marketing can be more than the brochure shop, right? <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's really there's no reason for a sales team to in- input information in the CRM that they see of only a value to marketing if they don't see that come coming out of that is a value back to them. Yeah. So they they need to understand and be part of the creation process of the the marketing. So you know we don't go off and create these personalized campaigns as part of the journey or these personalized, we call them nurture paths. We don't, that are always on, we don't create those and then say, Hey sales, here's how it's working. Uh, we have a, an integrated team actually across sales product and marketing that co-create so that we're really looking at our full go to market. What, what is it that we want to accomplish? What is it that, we want people to know who are the people are we targeting correctly? We'll build that targeting together. We'll look at the data together. We'll, we'll even sort of workshop the messaging together and then we'll build the sales process together that says, you know, if this, this person, I'll give you an example. Um, insurance agents, they use a comparative rater to just kind of see the different rates that, different insurance companies might be offering. We understand from being really integrated both with our agency force and with our sales teams that a given customer service rep or producer will look at that comparative rater and typically select their insurance company out of the top three best prices based on other things they know, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to use that data to understand what happens when we are in the top three, but we're not getting selected. How do I capture that and create a targeted uh, marketing experience to help um, somebody understand reasons why they might want to bind with us or how they could configure that comparative rater differently to get more information? And then at the right moment, our sales teams will know this is somebody that is ready to have a conversation with you about this. And the technology is built collaboratively so that we put in the information so that our sales team can see what their partners are interacting with. So if they get a reactive call, they're ready and all the right talking points are embedded in the system for them, but also so that they know that right moment to have a proactive conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's, that's a great approach. Last thing I wanted to talk about with you here, um, going back a little bit to data, but to bring in the topic of AI a little bit more here, you know, we're certainly, you know, last year, 2023, um, I think, I don't think I had a single interview on my show that we didn't talk about AI to some degree. There's certainly lots of good reasons for that, but you know, how do you see, you know, we're talking about personalization, we're talking about data requirements, Certainly, you know, you and uh, and many others work in highly regulated industries. So there's, you know, there's data, there's ethical, you know, issues to, to work out as well. But, you know, assuming that AI is not only here to stay, but but continuing to grow in, in, in its um, use in, in marketing and other parts of the org, how do you recommend that, you know, B2B marketing leaders and, and managers think about, you know, training and, and coaching their human teams to be most successful where, you know, in an era where AI based tools are, again, g- going to grow in prominence and, 
and uh, potentially take over, you know, some aspects of, of their team's roles. Yeah, I think AI, like is is like any other tool, <laughs> uh, really, really important and is going to grow in importance. You know, for us, our, our legal and our ethics partners are our number one partners. So I would, you know, first make sure that nobody's kind of out playing with these tools without being in really close lockstep yeah. with, with their legal and ethics partners within their organizations. Uh, I had an opportunity to spend some time at Content Marketing World. Um, they had like a, it was a conference and they had sort of a tent where you could sort of sit all day and different AI experts came through and different people who were using AI and marketing came through. And just, I spent the entire day just in that one seat (laughs) having, you know, 15 people parade through some were AI providers, some were, you know, just marketing practitioners who were experimenting with using AI. And, you know, I think what I sort of heard throughout was that everyone is in the use case place with AI right now, which is to really like sit back and say, what are the places that we think AI can help us? And then how do we create alongside our our legal and technology partners, use cases that allow us to try and to learn. And I think it's it's just going to be an acceleration as we move through different kinds of use cases. How is AI a tool? You know, there's some people who will say, oh, it's it's going to replace this role or that role. Other people will say, ah, oh, the more we get into use cases, the more we see it actually is just going to make the people who do that role more efficient yeah. or more effective. You know, it's an interesting thing, right? Because the, the engine that a lot of modern marketing runs on is content. So, you, you know, we talk about all these different marketing, the data, the campaigns, the different iterations. Ultimately, it's content, 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 right? And AI can create a lot of content, um, but it can also create a lot of very generic content, which saturates then the marketplace. So I think this question of how do you use AI as a tool to create differentiated content with you know, the, the marriage of marketing expertise and marketing people and the ways in which the tool makes you more efficient, more effective... I think that's that's the future. Yeah, yeah, I de- definitely agree. I mean, I I look at AI as an augmentation, not you know, I, there there may be some roles out there that that get replaced, but maybe arguable that those roles, um, if they can be so easily replaced, there there might have been worth rethinking those from from the start. But I think from the most part, for the most part, it's yeah, it's it's augmenting, it's helping, and it's helping humans where machines work better and letting humans do more of what humans do better. Right. And that kind of, you know, just to kind of follow up on the the content piece of this, you know, I, I've had a conversation about this recently as well, but, you know, I, I feel like with AI's ability to create so much content, I think you're, you're absolutely right. There is going to be a lot more, let's call it mediocre content created over the next Already last year, there definitely was. I'm I'm sure that's going to continue just because anything that becomes so easy, all of a sudden, you know, there, there's going to be more of it. It almost brings us back to, you know, the value of content. You know, great content, you know, is 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 going to be more and more important than ever, as opposed to just getting stuff out there so you can I, ideally reach an audience. I mean, would you say that's true as far as like, you know, fi- focusing on on creating great content? 
I do. And I think, you know, if you think about it, you create a certain number of pieces of really highly expert, great content. And then what AI, I think, can help you do is put those that content into different mediums. Yeah. So we can have a great podcast conversation and perhaps, you know, somewhere in here, there's a great piece of content or two, we hope, right? I and, think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe AI can take that conversation we had and put it into several different formats faster yeah. and easier. And, and so that becomes just a tool versus maybe having someone sit down and listen to this and kind of type it up and summarize it. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, to actually come up with the unique ideas, at least right now, I don't know that that's the role that AI has been built for. Yeah, no, com completely agree. Well, Tiffany, thanks so much for joining the show. I've got one last question before we wrap up here. Um, you've given a lot of great insights, a lot of great advice already, but what's uh, one recommendation you have for B2B marketers to stay agile in the months ahead? I, I think the most important thing is that close, close relationship with your distribution and, and your product partners. So you know, really understanding the struggles that they're having and being able to kind of integrate those back into your personalization program together. That I think is, is going to be even more important as technology makes uh, maybe some of the more rote parts of our jobs a little easier, a little faster. It's, it's going to be who can kind of lead in that thinking space and be agile with how you point those technologies because of the strength of what you understand about what your organization is trying to achieve. Yeah, I love that. Well, again, I'd like to thank Tiffany Grinstead, Vice President, Personal Lines Marketing at Nationwide Insurance for joining the show. You can learn more about Tiffany and Nationwide Insurance by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the B2B Agility Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.b2bagility.com. That's b2bagility.com. While you're there, check out my series of best-selling Agile brand guides covering a wide variety of marketing technology topics, or you can search for Greg Kilstrom on Amazon. Until next time, stay focused and stay agile. The Agile Brand. <laughs>